Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. We are the pillar and the ground of truth. And we have a lesson today that we're continuing our teaching on justification. And um, we have been, uh, we're going to be going back and forth because next week I'll get back into another lesson. Um, but um, I believe the the lesson from the previous week is correcting, confronting, and communicating conflict, right? And I think we're dealing with that. But um, we were talking about ultimately comprehending the plan of God, comprehending the plan of God. And so uh, we gave some very key scriptures last week. And I'll give a good review, and then we'll kind of add a little bit more on to it. But I want to kind of I, I rush the ending. I want to go back over some things and kind of enforce some things that are different. And we just flow with the Holy Spirit this morning, okay? You know, when you when you are, um, we are not endeavoring to, There's some things I want to give you, but we are not endeavoring to just rush through this teaching. Um, and like I told you, it's going to be about 10 to 12 weeks. And when I say 10, I mean 12. And when I say 12, I mean 21. So it's anywhere between 12, uh, 12 and 21 teachings, okay? But we always we also said start off your foundation. Um, if you're taking notes with us, you want to have two types of books. You want to have um, you want to have the Bible, the greatest book in the Bible, and you want to have a notebook <laughs> because we what we do is take from the Bible uh, relevance and kind of give a, give a systematic outline as best as possible to um, convey what God is trying to say to his people. And so what we do is if you keep a book with us, uh, with this broadcast, and you can go back – 10, 15 lessons, every lesson you're going to get a minimum of five scriptures that you that relates to a subject that you can go back and see that that revelation doesn't change. It, if it changes, it's because it imp- it's been ex- exploded in your heart and, and the appreciation has expanded in your heart. But the seed of the word, the seed is the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So we give the word here, and um, we want to make certain that you get access to that. Amen. And even like I said, I'm on my vacation. Um, I'm not even answering my phone this weekend. Um, but um, I still believed uh, that it was important for me to keep keep uh, this lesson. Um, going and we're talking about just made perfect how it's done just men made perfect how it's done and we're talking about justification by the book you can't get by faith until you get by the book faith comes by hearing and hearing by what the word of God and so the word of God is the strongest voice of God and so we are going to look at that first to build an understanding on what justification is and what it's all about and then we're going to uh, from there from there get some perceptions that help train us and transform us into that same very image hallelujah and so um, God is good God is worthy to be praised amen Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So let's pray and not delay. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and are glad. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, We do delight in your truth because we know that the truth makes us free as a result of your word being made known to us. And so we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the ears of the of the hearers to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Father, and everything that shall be accomplished, everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Our foundational scripture was Hebrews chapter 12, 
it's a very profound scripture because we've learned um, how we came to the knowledge of this. There was a thought in in my heart that provoked me to pay attention, and I started off in the first lesson giving how we need to get the point, you know, and everything, get what? The point, get an understanding, all that, get and get what? An understanding, and you got to get to the point. You know, I was uh, reading a scripture. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was reading a scripture the other day, and and I realized uh, in my reading, or rather, I was reviewing the scripture, and I came upon a note, and I want to give this note to you. This is not in my notes, but I wanted to give this note to you about context, and it's very, and this is what we we do when we preach. I was, uh, you know, I kind of provoked the preachers in the last lesson to really say, um, you know, you, you need to get to a point in ministry where you're speaking out of overflow and not out of of, of current flow. <laughs> you know, the stuff that I'm the the stuff that I'm presenting today has been in my heart for over a year, and so I'm the only time I go back to. It is to kind of organize it to make certain that I'm conveying it like it was given to me, but it's not my current subject of study and thought. Um, and so uh, I think it's very important that we learn the context of Scripture. And this is an interpretation. This is an interpretation study. Justification. I use the example, and not. And sometimes, you know, uh, in my delight and excitement, I can seem sarcastic. But in, in even in my sarcasm, there is some measure of, especially on the on a platform like today, or in um, in this type of study, even in and even when I'm sarcastic, there's a play on words that I'm using to provoke you to to something that is not easily seen or visibly seen all the time when we look at a certain subject. So I'm really I'm really looking for uh a um I'm really looking for you to see um something that is not being seen, you know. Amen. So oh yes, 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 yes. Uh what I was giving you a definition of context, right? Uh, praise God. I, I knew what I was doing. I just was like, uh, before I go, and this is before the lesson commentary, because when we get in the lesson, we're going to be in the lesson. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can get it for you. Can we get, can we get it for you? Because I saw this definition. I said, oh, you got to get this. You got to get this. Because um, I, I was, um, I'm in this process of um, digitalizing um, my notes because I've had notebooks and notes, and I'm like, Lord, if something catch on fire, I won't have it. Um, so I've been looking at a lot of writing, but there was one that was just, and I'm trying to find it. There we go. There, it's right here. Let's see, it's right here. I'm right here. Uh, Context are parts of the core of a subject that are around the word or or are passive that can throw light on its meaning. Do y'all get what I'm saying? They're complex concepts. Do you get what I'm saying? Around the core of the subject. And um, I'm glad I saw that because I on my teaching but I want you to understand that that when we say that especially when we're teaching the word uh, a lot of a lot of what is being said needs context in other words you need the you need the gist of the story or you need the gist of why that word is being placed particularly there um, and like uh for this subject, the word perfection or per- perfect, a just man made perfect, 
Perfect is not talking about faultless or flawless, but it's healthy, whole, and complete based on a work which Christ provided with his own blood. Do you hear what I'm saying? So when we say he's perfected the things that concern me, we're talking about we as an imperfect people have been perfected in Christ. And that's what we, what we mean. What we mean is that Christ or Jesus or Father God in his divinity or in his infinite, endless wisdom thought it not robbery that we could have good standing with him through the Lord Jesus by Jesus achieving what he did on the cross. We have access to God. You get what I'm saying? I'm getting ahead in my lesson. But I wanted y'all to know that's what we're 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 referring to when we when we deal with that. But let's go to the foundation and get started. Amen. You know, always the first five or ten minutes. I gotta wind up, get my voice warm before I get into the real subject. But I wanted you to understand the word the word stuck out to me, context. You got to understand the proponents around that word. Justification. You don't just immediately know what it means. You and and even even if say even if you have a measure a measure of intelligence, I mean justified for what? What you talking about? You don't immediately know that when we when I pull out the words put out the word justification that I'm speaking on behalf of God's work of redemption, and so we got to talk about it. And what's happening in the in the church and the body of Christ is that we got all these church words and we're not coming together and saying, what you talking about? But we're going about it as if we speak in the same thing. And a lot of times we're not. And I'm telling you, it's dangerous out of here. You got preachers preaching stuff and you don't even know why they're preaching what they're preaching. What's your agenda for saying what you're saying? And see, I had to let people know, even in teaching justification, you're not going to stop me from preaching about sin on public media. It's like today they don't want you to preach about sin. They don't want you to have an opinion. They don't want you to do what God wants you to do. They want you to accept whatever they say is the current fad and, and call that reality and truth as if, as if you don't know better. And if you would say, hey, I know better, there's a better way, then you demonize for knowing better, as if you don't know what you're talking about. But that devil is a liar. And so is this generation. And we got to present the truth to them so they know it. Just that, you know, don't, don't forget people are people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go to the Word and let's get in the Word this morning. I'm excited about the Word. I don't know about you. I'm so excited about what God's Word has to say to us that, that um that I spend time studying it. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, let's go. Hebrews chapter twelve. Let me read you the scripture again and then we'll kind of we kind of build from there, all right? We're gonna to go to Hebrews twelve, we're gonna to go to Romans ten, I'm gonna add first Corinthians chapter nine, and um let's uh we'll highlight Genesis chapter three and Romans six and Romans five is what I my goal is to try to get to Romans five. Um and um and then from there we'll we'll add some systematic points in there to help us through, but we gotta go back through here so that way you get the understanding. So right now I'm gonna give you the context of how I pulled out justification from this passage. Uh because we because ultimately what I'm trying to do is is give establish a foundation. Based on our conversation about conflicts in the church, one of the points that I made was that you have to accept who you are in the church. You, you, a lot of times people say they have conflicts in the church, but they're not the church. They have not accepted what the church is, what the church is all about, why they're there. And because they have not accepted that, their, offense are, their offenses are unfounded. They're not, they're not on the basis of truth. They're not based... On the basis of truth, because they're not even embodying what they say they believe. So their their comprehension of the church is a building, and not a people that have been dedicated to the things of God and have sanctified God in their heart, so that they can be right before God. 
That's what the church is. That's, that's a, an assembly. Uh, you come to Mount Zion, and, and that's what it says, but ye have come into Mount Zion unto a holy and unto the city of a living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and an innumerable company of angels. We have a cloud of witnesses. That's what the scripture talks about in the first verse of chapter 12 of Hebrews. And like I said, we did a, 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 in the first part of the teaching, we went through every verse in the book of Hebrews and said you got one story. You could take the first verse and the first and second verse of every chapter in the book and come up with one story. It doesn't, because it comes with another concept, doesn't mean that it takes away from the context of the scripture. And so what we're, what we're doing is saying the scripture has one story. And that story involves God's love for the world and God's, God's display of his love for the world to save them from their sin. And the salvation from the sin is only achieved through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ say, came to seek and save that was lost. And, and, and the result of, of that plan being finished, completed, is their awakening of people that are dedicated to that same process of seeking and saving the lost, which, which is called the church. And the question is, how do they do that? Because they have been made perfect in Christ. Now, what does that mean? Just men made perfect. And that's where this study of justification comes from. Do y'all get my point? It says, you come into the, the, uh, an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the firstborn, which were written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of just men made, made perfect. Hallelujah. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Now, you know, Abel, what, can't kill Abel, right? Abel, the Bible says that the blood spoke through the ground, that it was... In other words, what was what God was saying was that that action was so unjust that when when it came time for God to deal with Cain, it was because the blood of innocence of Abel's blood spoke to God's heart. It was compassion because it was just pure evil. It was against the plan of God. He had no business killing Abel. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He says, so when he talk about that blood speaking, he's talking about the shedding of blood is innocent. It is something that you want to you want to test the, the theory of blood. And we haven't started talking about blood, but we will. And I'm not even, I mean, this is just a hint. But I want you, I dare you to go get a, no, I'm not going to say it. There, yeah, that's, that's wrong, because I don't want you to do this. <laughs> but <laughs> hallelujah, I could, my friend, my bestie is laughing at what I'm saying right now. But um, you know, you want to see some some blood? Get a knife. I, I shouldn't. I'm not gonna say it. Okay, praise the Lord. But anyway, medically, this is not the appropriate thing because you don't want people to start cutting themselves. But I was gonna say, you want to see? Um, I, there was a um, there was a um, you know, our teeth have the ability to cut through our own skin, and there used to be a um. A statement out there, you know, like if you hold your hand up and the, the the skin between your thumb and your pointer finger, um, uh, they would they would tell. Uh, it was a statement that says, "Try to bite it till it bleeds." Years ago. Now I'm not I'm not telling you where I got it from and or anything like that. But what they were saying is that a person would not do that. That they would they would think twice. They have the ability to do it with the strength of their teeth and the power of their hand, but they would not, you know, cause that type of injury to themselves, you know. And so, it's something about blood that kind of wakes us up to things that are important, and that's what I'm talking about in this scripture. He's saying, listen, Jesus comes with something that because he talks about God talked about when Abel died that the blood cried from the ground. 
that Jesus comes with something that's carrying that makes it but that makes the blood speak that was sprinkled as a sacrifice for sin louder than the blood that was crying in the ground from the injustice of Cain killing Abel. That's a very powerful statement there. It's, 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 it's emphatically proving the superiority of the new covenant based on the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, when we talk about this stuff, old saints get happy about the blood. I'm going to tell you why we get happy through this lesson. Whose, whose voice then shook the earth, but now have promised, saying, Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but heaven also. My God. Do y'all hear what the word is saying? Oh, I get, I get excited. I get excited about this <coughs> lesson because what we're talking about when we, we deal with justification, a just man being made perfect, how it's done. Even heaven's looking on us saying, what you talking about? Man, my God, how many people you know have gone to be with the Lord who would desire to look on some of the things that we have access to look into but can't because they're no longer physically ill on planet Earth? And of course, they're rejoicing in the rest of God, but they're waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God to be revealed so that we can see all of these promises that have been given to us. And that's why we as the body of Christ have to be diligently to study our claims and to clarify our claims. Because you got too many people not believing what they claim to believe. And as a result, the enemy is running havoc in their life. And they're not experiencing the triumphant plan that God has prepared for, for those. And I, I, I said a statement that I want you to understand. I'm going to echo it just as much as I echo the top that all that was in God's plan, that all that was in God's mind was his love. I said all that was in God's mind was his love. So, Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm excited. So we need to we need to make certain that we really comprehend the plan of God. And that's what I'm talking about. And listen, it says, listen, even the angels are looking up and saying, What's going on? What's going on? Glory to God. Praise the Lord. All right, now, this is just the introduction scripture. We've got to get beyond this. Hallelujah. All right. Praise him. We've been here ten minutes. Let's go a little deeper. It says, and this word yet once more signifies the removing of those things that are shaken, as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom. Oh, Lord, now you know where we're going after we go through justification. Because we re receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now, justification is the alterations of our salvation provided by Christ to atone sin, adapt us to righteousness, and align us to the peace of God that surpasses understanding. It reviews what it took and what occurs when we accepted by faith the finished work of Christ. And the finished work, and then it goes into that finished work in verses 26 through 27, because he said, listen, I shook heaven and earth so that way you could receive a kingdom that cannot be moved so that you can have grace whereby you can serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear which is a deeper form of reverence because God is a consuming fire. This, 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 this plan that God has should consume us. You should be consuming your salvation. Something about your salvation should awaken you to find out that it's deeper meanings, what it's all about, why you're there. Justification is a look at the actions committed to guarantee our confidence in Christ's ability to convert the sinner to their son. Through faith, the removal of sin is key to receiving the Holy Spirit, which empowers us to live like Christ on the earth. So this is what I want to talk about today. Let's go to Hebrews 10. 
I remember I told uh, uh, here we see this. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto the process is started to, unto salvation. It's not complete. Because some people believe that because they said something out their mouth is done. No, you got to believe it in your heart. And believing in your heart is a lot different than just confessing it merely with your mouth. Confession without connection to the heart is, is rhetoric. Confession without connection to the heart is rhetoric. So don't get in the habit of just saying something because you said that you believe it. That's not true. You got to you got to you got to search your heart. You got, the Bible says this. There's a there's a, a a prayer of repentance. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. Try me and know my heart, and lead me to the search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and lead me to the way of everlasting. In other words, you you got to allow God to really go at work in your heart. It's what the heart man believeth unto what, unto righteousness. And again, justification. Is it shows you how you've been adapted to righteousness. So it, it, it does it does a couple of things. It, it's a look at the actions committed to guarantee our confidence. See, see what you're looking at is proof. We're proof texting. We're proof texting. I'm not talking about texting on your phone. I'm talking about finding out what the truth says about the proof that we need to have power to live our life in confidence in Christ. Because what's happening is we've got a lot of perpetration going on in the church. People think they're saved, but they don't believe the Bible. How, if you don't believe what's written, you don't need to be, and people are like, I don't need to know the Bible. Well, you do need to know the Bible. You need to know exactly what the Bible says in order to be saved. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise. If you don't believe the Bible, you're not saved. If you can't understand the Bible, you're not saved. It is the Bible that introduces us. So we need to have, be justified by the book, and the book is telling us that just men are made perfect, and we need to figure out how that's done. Because now the New Testament introduces the word perfect, especially in Hebrews, at least 24 times. As a standard, and, and of course, Hebrews is a legal document, um, but it is a way for God to convey to us his plan and the implementation of his plan. All right? Now, listen, Satan is always suggesting to the believer and new believers that they are not really saved. And when this occurs, it is because they can't prove to themselves what it really makes for, or what it really takes for them to to be made right. They don't know what it means to be right with God. And when you don't have confidence that God really did it, you'll keep fumbling and messing up over and over again, and and just always be in this daze as if God can't correct you, He can't change you. And you know, we used to, where God guides, He provides. So. You need to know that God has provided a way of escape, first, first of all, to save you, and then to set you free, save you from what? The, the bondage of sin, to set you free from your sins. He saved you to set you free from your sins. You don't have to live a sin-sick soul, as a sin-sick soul, as the old saints used to say. You can't be saved. You can't be saved. Now, Psalms 32, 2, Hebrews 11, 6, Romans 10, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, John 3, 16, Colossians 2, 14 are the foundation scriptures behind this concept. And, of course, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23 is where we get that, that we are just men are made perfect. And, and they're made perfect because of, of what has been written in heaven, as God has been the judge of all, and how Jesus presented a new covenant based on the sprinkling of the blood, which speaketh better things than Abel. So we, we've broken up this, this teaching on justification by the book and by the blood and by faith. Do you all hear what I'm saying? And so we're going to talk about that. But, of course, this is done, uh, this is done by the book. 
by giving authority to the word of God. And what are we saying? That the word of God gives us it's the strongest voice of God. Now, how does God speak? First, he speaks through scripture. Why? Because scripture has introduced us to his plan. Second, he speaks to us by situation. Thirdly, he speaks to us by sensation. There's some, there's some act of God that we just can't typically explain, but we can't replicate because it's only God. And then he speaks to us through, fourthly, uh, spoke, uh, seasoned saints. He speaks to uh, 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 the spoken words of seasoned saints. Not ain'ts, but saints. Not mother wit, but saints. He says, follow those who through faith and patience, what? Inherit the promise. So God will bring saints in you. And then, fifthly, he, he, um, he speaks through you sitting in the local church. Hallelujah. Now, if you want if you want to understand what what that, that means is that you cannot you cannot avoid these institutions which God has used to reveal and convey his voice and his decreed will or declared will um without accepting his standards as normal. Y'all get what I'm saying? Amen. 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 Now all that was in God's mind after the fall was his love. Now, I need to tell you a little bit about the fall, and that's where we pick up our, on our notes um, today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think it's a little more clear. I want to make, I, I make certain that it's clear. That's my heart behind this. Um. Now listen, the fall of humanity was caused by sin. Sin is any human behavior, word, or thought that is contrary to the perfection of God. The consequence of sin is a curse upon the world. The sin that was brought as a consequence, produce judgment from God. And the only cure for from the wrath of God's judgment is justification. A just punishment for such a high treason was eternal death. But God then put into play a system which humans could get pardon or find pardon for sin. God killed the Lord Jesus, right, To to cover the nakedness and the shame of Adam's sin, and in doing so, Years of labor through a perfect lamb's slain would take away the sins forever. Now let's go. Ooh, ooh, wait a minute. Before we go there, let me give you some more some more knowledge because I was about to get, I was about to wrap up almost. <laughs> All right, but we got a little more to say. I told you how God speaks, right? And and the reason why we have confidence. Let's go to um. Yeah, we will work this. Power to save. Let's go to um, Romans chapter five. That's that's a good way to put it. See, because what we we need to know is that God has saved us from our sins. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. And this is not just some talk. This. Okay, let's let's do this. Okay, keep Romans five, but take your notes as well. I want you to understand we are proof texting. We're finding the power behind the proof, and the power behind the proof is that 
that God's word is the strongest voice of God, and it's and it's and and it is it is God's plan in display. Uh, it is it is it is God's plan preserved so that it could be displayed before us. When we the reason why the devil doesn't want you to read the word and know the word is because he don't want you to understand what's going on. He wants you to really guess at life, guess at guess uh, play the guessing game because then what's ever thrown at you, you you will accept as an act of God. But we got to cancel this. Listen, the things that are seen are temporary. They're not they're not always absolute. Just because you see something, don't make it true. I, I love those pictures. Um, there's some pictures. Of, of the, there's a picture of um, Prince William, and Prince William on the. They show the picture is taken from two different vantage points, and at one vantage point, because of the way his hand was motioned, it looked like he was lifting up his middle finger. But when you turn the camera around, he was actually lifting up three fingers at the same time. But because of the vantage points of the camera, one looked a derogatory and the other one looked like he was giving a signal for them to to come on. But it was just the way the hand was moved that could make it look like it was either way. It was just an impression. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's what's often happening to us. We are we are, are looking at things from different vantage points, and because it looks like it's it's deflammatory, we think that it it, it uh, that it could be toward us. But we as children of God have certain vantage points that we can look at from different angles and see God's plan. Do you hear what I'm saying? We are justified by faith, but we're also justified by the book. And through that, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access, access by faith. How do we have access to, by faith? The word of God. Into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. But not only so, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation works in patience, and patience experience and experience hope. And the hope makes us not ashamed because the love of God has been shed about in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. What did I say? All that was in God's heart was? His love, and when you, when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a, a righteous man will will one die. Yet preadventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commanded His love toward us, in that He that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the God died for us. Much more than being justified by His what blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. Now this is the, this is the theology of justification altogether. So if we, when we were enemies, were reconciled by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now re- received the atonement. Wherefore, by one man's sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even even over that, uh, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam, who is a figure of him that was to come. But the but not as an offense. So also is the free gift. Now, before we get into all of that, I want you to understand that we have covered verses one through fourteen in our first and introduction lesson of justification by by spelling out to you that justification was was based on salvation. Three things that happen: alteration. What do we alter from? A sinner to a saint. A sinner to a saint. He provided, uh, he atoned for sin. In other words, he did what it took to free us from our sins. And then he also aligned us to the peace of God. What is the peace of God? Is the, the demonstration, display, and dedication to the Holy Ghost. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, three things that you need to understand. In 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 
in justification, what it, what it requires. You need to understand what it requires, and it requires three things. The, it is proof, but it requires three things. And this is what I want you to understand. Justification requires the personification, which is the person embodying the principles of God's plan. Okay? What was Jesus? He was the personification of what? Of all that we needed to be saved. He was who it was for and why it was done. Do you know what I'm saying? Second one, we need perceptions awakened by the revelation, knowledge of the truth. What are we seeking after? We're seeking after the truth that we should know or the knowledge that we need to know that's relevant for us to carry out in our everyday lives. And then there is an expectation. There is an expectation for us to have a public declaration and display of our faith. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So, so we're not just looking at Jesus, although we look under him, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. But we're looking at if we really are standing up for what we believe and why we believe what we believe. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. Now, uh, let's go on to the next one. Uh, let's go to... Uh, amen I'm delighted I'm like I'm so excited uh, let me, Let's see if we can go back Go back to five I gave you how God speaks Oh This is what I want to give you I want to give you something else Hold on I got another teacher that I need to teach you. No, 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 no. But here's something that um, we teach in urban glory that we want known, you know, because we we don't want to just communicate to you, especially wherever you are, um, a salvation that is not credit worthy. You get what I'm saying? We don't want to just do that. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter nine. Paul writes this to the Corinthian church because they're zealous about gifts, but they're not according to knowledge. The the scripture has to be regarded so that you won't have a mental act, uh, a mental exercise that just is switched on and off. When you feel like it It's not set to be A means to escape reality With alternatives And you just created ideology Because that involves idolatry It's not a manipulation To suppress Or to strive for success For the best Because you know You have some people who they are set to do whatever it takes. That's not what we're talking about. And it's not a method to control fear. Do you hear what I'm saying? Well, I'm not saying this. We, when we say proof texting, we're looking at a, a personification of the truth or of God's perfect plan. We're looking for a perception that is awakened through revelation knowledge. And if you have mental exercises, means to escape manipulations, methods to control, and manifestations of, of the flesh, then, then, then God can't do what he do to prove to you that the text is not only a text, but it's, it's, it's a manner of life. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And let's get an appreciation for the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about the Word of God? Have you ever asked yourself the question, 
What does the Bible say about understanding the Bible? I think that's a valid question. I think it's a wonderful question. So let's 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 chase that. Let's 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 chase that out as well. Let me give you some scriptures that kind of help you. Um, define what the Bible says about the Word of God. Okay? I'm just giving you scriptures because I want you to know. And you know I'm going somewhere with this because this is not... um, This is not just light talk. First Peter one twenty five, the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word has been preached to you. Second Peter three sixteen. He writes it the same way of all letters speaking of them things. Matthew's talking about Paul. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures. You get what I'm saying? Do you hear what Apostle Peter said? Paul Paul is called to this ministry, so don't just don't just be taking what Paul say and you not know how to use it. That's what he's saying. Well, um, let me give you some more scriptures. Uh, okay, I'm going to use this. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you what? Richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, in psalms and hymns and singing, sing, song of the Spirit, a song in your heart. Let me, let me read it in the King James. I'm going to be trying to translate it out to you from what I'm reading it from. But I want to read it in the King James to keep us Saying, hallelujah. Uh, three, what is it, 316? Yeah. It says, um, I'm in the wrong book. Lord. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the right book. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do and murder these, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by who? By him. So Jesus is not God the Father. Do you know what I'm saying? They are, they are one, but they are two different people. You give, you give God the Father glory through him. All right, because Jesus has been given the name. Glory to God. Amen. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is alive and full of power, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating and even the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints of the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Why do we study the word? Because the word of God has the power to change our heart. So why do you think the devil attacks you from knowing the word and studying to know the word? Because he don't want your heart right. You got to hear what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, let's go to two more. Here's the, here's the most powerful reason why we need to learn justification by the book. Okay? John 1.1 1, 1 is the most powerful verse in Scripture. It, it's the most powerful verse in Scripture. It's the most powerful verse in Scripture. Let me say that one more time. 
John 1 1 is the most powerful verse in Scripture. <laughs> I'm saying that for a reason. Because in the name of Jesus, I declare over your life this day that you will never disregard the authority of the voice of the written word of God ever again. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Now, the reason why it's the most powerful verse is because of what it says. In the beginning was the Word. <laughs> and the Word was with God. And the Word was what? The Word was God. Why is it the most powerful verse in the whole scripture? Because the Word was God. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? So justification by the book is looking from God's perspective of who God is. The book reveals to us who God is. And the reason why the devil wants to keep you from learning the book is because he don't want you to know who God is. Because if you accept the book, which is the word of God, you accept who God is. Because God and his word are one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word what? Was God. At the, at the result of the end of the day, the word was God. Now, the reason why I'm reading you these scriptures it's because nothing can get to your heart, nothing can give you what God wants you to get until you understand and reverence this book. I'm not talking about the paper. I'm talking about the voice of God that, that, that is revealed through the paper. And and what 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 humanity has done is try to make this book irrelevant. When this book presents us who God is, because God is this book. And that's what John said. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, but the word was God. There's a whole other connotation to why you regard the word. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I would have begun this this part two. Uh, with Second Timothy, and I would have started my talking points, which I'm doing, uh, from Second Timothy, chapter three, verse fifteen. Let's go there. Now we can really teach this subject. I just had to give you these scriptures, and I told you there's some things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, you're doing up, 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 um. There's a regard that we got to have for the word of God. And the reason why the word is not really taking evident root in people's lives is because they're not receiving they're not receiving this word as it's as as it's, as it being directly a, a link to God as source. You hear what I'm saying? And as a result it's, it's really messing them up. You got to regard you know why the difference between someone that showed up saved don't and no they the, the way they, the word, the word, justification by the book. We used to say, if God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, I don't care if I believe it or not. It's the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. That's what makes it powerful. That's why you read the Bible, because the word was with God, and the word was God. When nobody, the, when nobody else was there, it was him and his word. The world, the Bible says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? So until faith becomes your world, it's because faith has to become your word. Your word has to become, your word, the word hasn't been settled as it being from God. Now, the reason why justification is a struggle for many people, and they say, I look at the Bible, but I don't understand it, is because they haven't accepted it as God. As a direct source, as a direct connect, as a direct link to God. See, what I believe is that as, as you become disciplined to study what is written, you will, you will then discover who God is, and that the, the, the less you know about 
the, the more you know about what is written, the more you know God. The less you know about what is written, the less you know about God. And if you really want to know what who God is and what he's all about, amplify, magnify, exalt, and, and, and participate even deeper in finding out what was written about him. Because it was with him and it was him. You hear what I'm saying? All right. Now, if you want to find out who God is, find out what his word says he is. And and and, and here's where, where my thought provoker comes from. First Timothy, which I told you I would have started part two with this lesson. And and even though I'm halfway through the lesson and I got about five more minutes before it's over, I would have I would have said this, but I can't say this to this generation. And this is verse verse uh, sixteen. No, no, verse fifteen. And that thou and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. This is the problem. <laughs> Our children don't know the scriptures. One thing that uh, the culture and context that I come from. There was a certain basic, I mean, even people that didn't accept Jesus above my age, they didn't accept Jesus Christ as Lord, they accepted at least the truth of the scripture. Have you ever seen an old sinner? And I'm talking about age. I'm talking about somebody that's 70 and above. They know scriptures. I'm not talking about these little seeds of Chucky that's in the 80s, after the 80s and beyond. I'm talking about those who before the 80s. There was a certain base, one, the script, the schools required it, the states required it, and the home required it. You couldn't live in a home without there being a Bible. You couldn't be a Christian without knowing the Bible. And, and because there's been a disregard for the Bible, there's been a disregard for God. You can't expect people to respect God if you don't respect his word. And, and listen, you can't respect a man if you don't respect their word, or a woman if you don't respect their word. And as a result, we don't have credible people now because we don't have people valuing the authority of the word. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? God backs his identity based on what he spoke. And everything that we do in relationship with God to exist in life is to is to hinges on His word, and we need to pattern our lives according to that same conviction in His word. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Glory to God! 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 Praise you, Lord, for Your word, for Your word. That says, listen, verse 16. And that's the problem. They haven't known from the, 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 the children haven't known. But if the expectation is thou has known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So in other words, you, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for what? Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be what? Perfect. Fairly furnished unto all good works. So, in other words, you're not complete as a man dedicated to the things of God until you know the Word of God, because the Word of God is what uh, gives you teachings and apply uh, relevant teachings, which is doctrine. It gives you reproof um, for correction, which is knowledge for correction. It gives you instruction in righteousness so that you can be perfect. How's a just man made perfect? He's made perfect through the word. Justification comes first by the book. Why is it why is the book important? Because the book was with God and the book was God. Most powerful verse in the Bible. God's identity hangs on his word. And if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can then have access to me. This is why this is foundational. Your regard for the word of God, well, then I don't know how you preach. Preachers are preaching to people that will never believe you. 
never believe what you're saying, not because of you and because of what you're saying. It's because they don't believe that what is what's written in the Bible is from God. They just, I don't understand it. I can't comprehend it. I don't want to accept it. Well, then you really don't want to be saved. It's tight, but it's right. It's straight, but it's true. The word of God is what causes us to be saved. You got to accept God's word as God. And the reason why you can't hear, the reason why you can't have, the reason why you can't handle is because you haven't accepted God's word as God, as God speaking to you. And if you don't accept that he's speaking to you through his written word, you don't accept his plan, which provides for you a way of escape through the Lord Jesus as the ransom for all. So you don't, so you don't accept his word, you don't accept his son. Oh, let me say it like this so you keep the essence in your mind. If you don't accept what he said in his word, you won't accept the salvation of his son. And, and you won't see the salvation of the Lord that is available to you to make you perfect before him. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? Do y'all get why I say what I say? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. That was a that was a riddle. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, receiving reconciliation, ridding of sin once and for all, and the release to the free gift of grace is the is the proponent to why God saved us through Jesus. And he gave us the, the, the power of his plan so that we can attain it. Now I can go as long as I want, but I'm not. I'm going to stop right there. And I got I, I got the Romans 5. Did I get the Romans 5? I didn't think I was going to get there. Hallelujah. So let me, let me go back to the lesson right quick and, and summarize with this because I want you to understand that justification requires the personification of God's plan. Perception awakened the, the revelation to truth, and it is a public declaration and display of our faith. And the way you start that public direction is by vocalizing the authority of the written word of God in your life. When Jesus was tempted, hallelujah, oh, Lord, I feel my preaching coming on, and the spirit went down from my, the toes, tippy toes of my feet to the top of my head. I remember when we first uh, introduced to Jesus after he was walking, before he did any miracles. He was taken to the mountain to be tested and tempted of Satan. All glory to God. But before he could do the works of the miracles, and before he could train disciples to, to be the catalyst of change through the Spirit, as the Spirit would descend to the church and cause the church where people would add daily to be saved, before all of that could take place, he would have to become an authority over the satanic oppression and over the satanic rules of the earth. Glory to God. But if the scripture, as the scripture introduces us to Jesus, he doesn't introduce us to Jesus by fulfilling what, by, by Jesus just coming on the earth talking about himself and talking about what he's going to do. He wasn't a magician coming saying, I'm going to take a broken arm and make it well and I'm going to take blind eyes and make them see. That's not what he came. He said, I came to do the will of him that sent me. But in order to do the will of him that sent him, he had to be sure for himself. So he was taken up in the spirit in Luke chapter 4. And after Jesus was anointed and sealed, or after Jesus was confirmed at the, at the, at the waters of Jordan that he was the son of God, he was taken to the mountain to be tempted by Satan. And the only response to Satan was the word. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What Jesus is telling us is that you can't do no ministry. You can't have no mighty acts. You can't have no miracles until you become one with the word. Because if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it will be given. All the enemy is doing to you today is robbing you of a quality of life that God has provided for you because you don't love his word. You can't love God if you don't 
love his word. If you don't love his word, you can't have life. But God so loved the world that he gave his son, and his son gave the word, and the son became that same word that God gave him because the word was God and the word was with God. And, And the Bible says, and in him was light, and the light was the light of man, and the darkness comprehended it not that as many as received him, to them he gave power to become sons of God. And if we're sons of God, we are heirs according to the promise. And the promise of God is that we have life and have it more abundantly, that we are free from the sins and the oppressions of the devil, and whom the Son makes free. It's free indeed. I got to stop and I started preaching. I didn't mean to, but I felt it in my spirit. It came up on my, my soul because we, we got to be saved by the book. We got to know why we're saved. Glory to God. We got to know why we're saved. We're saved because we embody God's plan. Why do we embody God's plan? Because we got God's spirit. We got God's persona. We've got Jesus has personified himself through the Holy Spirit. That has been shared about in our heart through God's love. God's love has been shared about in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. When we have the Holy Ghost, we are sealed with the day of sealed until the day of redemption. When are we sealed? At the moment that we accept the Lord Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. When we became saved, for saved not only from our sins, we are, we were saved as sealed people. But when we sealed, we were justified. We were justified not only by blood but by the book. We were justified by the book so that we could know, even if we don't believe it, God. Saved us. Even if we can't comprehend it, God saved us. Why? His word says so. And because it says so, that's enough. Then when I hear the word, and when I see the word, and when I apply the word, the word will change me. I'll look into that liberty which Christ died for, and it'll make me free because the word is God. And it was with God. And it has power to change my life. And it gives me a perception that awakens me to the truth so that I can publicly declare, not only speak it, but also display the work of faith in my life. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you for your word. We thank you for your word. And we just trust you that your word will take effect in our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Now, in the next lesson, we're going to talk about appreciating our Savior through the power of his finished work, apprehending the gospel for growth, accepting the access for grace for living, and an approach to the throne of grace through the word so that we can apply the authority of the blood. So we're going to, we're going to try to, in the next few lessons when we come back to this subject, go from the word to the blood. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And um, one of the three things that we wanted you to know in this lesson was that you first keep the doctrine of justification strictly biblical. Don't let nobody shake you from what the word says. And then secondly, know the distinction between the book versus the law. And key in onto the keys. Pay attention. Have keen insight on the keys of the kingdom. Okay? And then we'll get into the covenant because that's, that's in other words, the covenant, covenant is a covenant having a covenant conscience and a covenant awareness will open you up into an access to God that will bring about that perfect, that perfection process in mankind. How are just men, how are just men made perfect? They're justified by the book. They're justified by the blood, and they're justified by faith. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Glory to God. More on the next lesson.